Well, it was plenty warm to end October here. We talk about it all on our October weather roundup of the Something in the Air podcast. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci at the Press of Atlantic City. Make sure to download and subscribe to our channel for the latest monthly weather updates here as we review the month of October that was with New Jersey State Climatologist Dr. Dave Robinson. We talk about that summary into October, temperatures as a whole throughout the month. We then go into rainfall or lack thereof in October some fall foliage updates, and then how snow has been acting across the Northern Hemisphere. So without further ado, here we go. The October Weather Roundup, something here podcast. And here to talk to us all about the October that was New Jersey State Climatologist, Dave Robinson, my birthday buddy, my uh, weather dad here. Uh, Dr. Robinson, uh, is November 1st when recording this. My question to you, did you dress up for Halloween? No, I did not. I was coming in from out of town. So I saw Cinderella at Newark Airport. That's uh, nice. And and several other uh, people dressed up at various uh, locations. But nope, uh, I was just in my normal climatologic uh garb right i should dress up as a climatologist one year i can just have a big a lot of calendars all over me is that you can look like a nerd too you know (laughs) i think i think i could pull it off i think i pull it off um all right so these are our topics we're going to start off with uh the summary end to october man uh it was awesome out there i at least liked it some people did not but we did have uh, a very warm end to the month. We had uh, October 26th, 7th, and 8th that broke or tied record highs at Atlantic City International Airport. As I excitedly texted you on Saturday morning, the three days in the 80s was the latest three-day streak in the 80s at ACY history. We broke some records in Millville as well. Actually, at Atlantic City, we did not break any records, but it was still pretty warm. Uh, And that Saturday, I mean, it looked like a June weekday at the beach. Like, you know, it was that kind of level of crowds there. And we got we got a couple of pictures of people carving pumpkins on the sand in their bathing suit. So who needs Florida when you have South Jersey, right? I love it. You also missed the fact that 30th at the airport tied a record, too. So got up to 81. Um, that got to 80. And that's oh, what I did miss. Okay. On our side of record. So yeah, three ties and one record. But you know, the 28th was the only warm day when the wa- when the warm air got down to the coast, uh, got down to the beach. And there uh the marina hit 81. A very impressive number. Don't get me very wrong. Impressive. The record for that day was a very impressive. 85 in 1919 um well above record warmth in the last week of october that was just one real uh, uh, exceptional day back over a century ago i want to stop you there real quick because i was telling i was explaining this to people too like even though saturday it's it's kind of a hard communication thing to explain even though saturday was the warmest day we probably weren't going to break that record but how, like, I don't even know if you can answer this, but I'm just going to ask the question. Like, that 85 was so much above the surrounding days. It, I don't, does that, how often do we see something like that? 
I think you more often see that than the long streak that we had of multiple days in a row. It's hard to sustain that kind of abnormal warmth um, for days at a time. Normally, it's a spike. Usually, uh, uh, it's been warm and a frontal system's coming in, and that draws real warm air up from the south That as that front approaches. And that's often when you spike your warmest temperature. But to do it three days in a row or four out of five days uh, at the airport's impressive. The other thing, let me add, it may not look impressive for the marina, but remember, records go back to 1870-some there. Yeah, 74. Records only go back to the 50s at the airport. Yeah, and that actually, just to go back on that record for that Monday, you are correct that we did break the record or tie the record that day. However, if you use the the, the longer period of record in that AC airport area that right. goes back to 43 and therefore the record high was 81 in 1946. So I get, I don't know. I, it's a record. It is a record, but I guess if you go, if you try to push those observations at the airport back to its, I don't know, to the forties and it doesn't, it's a little, we won't well, get too the, in the weeds. I'm more, we're already boring people. Well, no, but that's what people have to ask themselves when they hear the record or the warmest ever or something like that. It, it, you have to, the next question you have to ask is what period of record are we talking about? Um, yeah. To put it into some kind of perspective of how unusual it might be. I mean, if you just opened your station this year, every day is a record. Yes, that is true. You're right. You're, you're just setting, you're getting gold medals every day. Yeah, but for the, high uh, and low. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, we didn't actually break uh, any record warm, low temperatures uh, with this stretch. Some days actually cooled down, you know, pretty nicely in the morning, you know, by the time we got to morning, then it shot back up. Yeah. But this was all due to a ridge of high pressure that we had in the deep south. We had a surface high pressure that kept bringing in southwesterly winds. It was just a warm setup for us, um, you know, here. Anything else you want to add on this warmth? Yeah, before the other we kind part of is why yeah, we set those warm nights is we were so dry, which we'll get mm, to. Yes. And that lets the dry ground helps the uh, heat of the day escape back into the atmosphere and out into space. So sure. if we had been wetter, we might have had more cloudy nights more moist atmosphere and we would have been warmer at night Good but point. instead we have the large diurnal range because it, the air was mostly dry and the yeah. ground certainly was dry yeah you know there was something to um to it looking at these photos of people on the beach and the shadows are just so long because the sun was yeah. so low like like it looked it felt like summer you know you were out there but just you look at the photos it still feels like Something a little off. That that's what it looked like to me when I'm looking at all these photos of the beach, people at the beach over the weekend and you know uh, we into had, last week. We had that three years ago. Um, in early November, we had a, yes. a streak of warm weather. And I remember a, the first weekend of the month, it was over 80 degrees. Uh, even more exceptional warmth compared to this year was that streak back in 80. Um, and I remember people would, were trying to get out because we were in the midst of COVID. Um, and, and people were out and about and the leaves were off the trees and they're in shorts and sandals. And yeah, it had an odd feel to it. Plus, I think that was probably the weekend of daylight savings time. Oh, um, yeah, you're right. So even there, you're thrown off right. by the light. So, 
yeah, we've had some exceptional warm periods. It's not as if we never did in the past. I want to make that clear. But overall, um, we're in that warming pattern where these things are more likely to happen. Doesn't mean they're going to happen, but they're more likely to happen than in decades past. Yeah, absolutely. And that's true, not only for the temperatures in October, but all throughout the year, as we keep talking to you every month about, you know, more times we're being above the average and the average keeps going up too. And that's a whole nother story. Um, but let's just zoom out to the month of October as a whole. Um, you know, it was the way I kind of saw this was a little bit like a sandwich, like the beginning was on the warmer side. Then we had like a below average middle, and then we had a really above average end with the exception of Halloween itself. Is that how you saw it? And then where did we end up for the month as a whole temperature wise? Yeah, my uh, I already have my title for the report we published on the state climate website. You know, I try to never repeat myself, which is a challenge I get from my assistant state climatologist, mm. Matt Gerbush. He's and you've done uh, a lot of these. You never do. I've done them for two decades. Um, <laughs> this month's going to be tranquility um, because yeah. it was just so, so quiet in many respects. Um, but we did end up on the warm side. Um, statewide, a preliminary number. Um, we're going to wait to see more numbers come in through the National Center. It tied for the 10th warmest uh, October on record, and that goes back to 1895. Let me add, as I was saying earlier, to ask about the period of record. Um, and what I saw out of the airport uh, going back into the 50s, it was the uh, tenth uh, was the 10th warmest at the marina the 15th again you had 100 years well 80 years more record there but so you can see unusual at both but that as you said it's so commonplace in this day and age to be in the top 25 percent almost every month and the top 10 not all that out of the ordinary and we're talking about 128 years here so again we were warm um, a lot of the state has not had its first freeze yet. Um, we're taping on November 1st. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, we'll be saying something different. Right. Um, but uh, so thus far, of our weather network stations, we have 67 around the state. 15 have fallen between 28 and 32. But that And that includes uh, Woodbine Airport and and vine our station in vineland yeah. so it's not all just confined to the north uh, but the majority over three quarters of our network has yet to see a freezing temperature and here we are in november um we saw that what was it, about five years ago we didn't have the first statewide freeze until about the second or third of november uh, but there no one had had a freeze yet wow so it came all at once at yeah. that point yeah. And then in terms of climatology for first freeze, assuming most of the state is going to get it on the second here, where does that fit into climatological averages? It, it, it's late. It's as much as two to three weeks late in a few areas. Up in New Brunswick, it should be before the 20th of the month. So you could say two weeks late. Um, right. A place like the marina, uh, we know it can, uh, the average is into November. So yeah. it, it might even be a little early if the yeah. marina gets to freezing. Yeah, and we, I'm going to say probably not. I wouldn't be surprised if we got down there, but probably not. There could be I some agree. frost if it goes calm um, on the yeah. second. We'll have to stay tuned. We'll have to talk about this in our uh, November update. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's North America. 
when you look globally, um, North America has been the coldest area on the globe for the last couple of days. It came huh? into the northern plains with some cold air, and it's gradually it's made its way east. But the re- <laughs> as usual, the rest of the world is is cooking. Um, yeah. But when you look at anomalies compared to normal, North America has been the outlier uh, the last week or so in terms of being abnormally cold. Very interesting. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit more about North America at the end when we get a little hint into uh, winter here. Um, just with the temperatures, we'll wrap it on up on this yeah. segment. We got about two more minutes left here. Um, you know, looking across the area, obviously, we set those records at the end of the month. Um, you know, we actually had our first 80 of the month on the 26th at AC um, International here. Um, you know, I we did get a little cool in the middle, like I said, but nothing overly cool. Um, you know, it was just kind of fall like weather here. Um, you know, so yeah. I'll, let me ask you this. I wanted to, and you were talking about this a couple minutes ago. What was, the, could you remember off the top of your head the last time we were in like the coldest 25% of record for a month? As you said, you know, how often we're in this top 25% of being the warmest, but what about the coldest? That's a great question. We, we've gotten into the top 25% a few times. I'd have to look into that. But I can tell you, we have not had one of the five coldest months of the year uh, of, of, a, of a month, the five coldest right. Novembers, Decembers, statewide. The last time we had one month fall into the top five for cold was December of 1989. And since that time, we've had almost 50 fall into the top five for warmth. To me, uh, I'll retire with that being the most astounding record I've probably ever seen in yeah. terms of climate records in New Jersey. Wow. That's astounding uh, yeah. and absolutely rubber stamps the fact that we are getting warmer and we continue to get warm. Sure. I wasn't even alive yet in 1989. I wasn't a state climatologist yet. See, there we go. There, see, Two we have something away. in common. Two years <laughs> away. <laughs> All yeah, right. We're going to wrap it up for this segment. We'll come to you in just a minute. We'll talk about rainfall. We'll talk about foliage. And we'll talk about uh, what's going on here as we cool on down into winter. You're listening to the Something in the Air podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Something in the Air podcast from the Press of Atlantic City and our friends at Stockton University. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. Join with me, Dr. Dave Robinson, New Jersey State Climatologist. And you were hinting at this in the first half, but when we talk about rain or the lack thereof, um, yeah, it was pretty darn dry in the uh, in the month of October. And this goes back to uh, just taking a zoom out, like, thank God we got all that rain in late September, right? Because we'd be in some serious trouble. Yeah, well, we'd be a little more concerned. And and we might be in more trouble of thinking of late season fire danger and, and such. Um, I, for the most part, the farmers, you know, whatever's happened has happened. And they like to be able to get out in their fields and harvest. So it was it was great, unless they were harvesting on weekends, <laughs> when it seemed to want right, then that's another story. Yeah, want to rain, uh, and for agritourism, and we might think about that. 
it wasn't the greatest October. They're probably hurt more than anyone because it seemed like at least one day of the weekend was kind of a washout. Um, Those other days were brilliant in some cases, and people got out to the mazes and uh, to pick their pumpkins and such. Um, But that was probably the major weather-related economic concern of the month in this because otherwise, dry. And we were fortunate that July, August, and September uh, were all on the wet side, so we could afford a dry month. Got it. So just take us through the numbers here. Where were we, you know, going back to history for uh, the area? Yeah, yeah. For for the state, um, the very preliminary number is we're, is uh, 18th um, out of 128. So dry, but not the driest. And, and that st- stands for South Jersey. Um, for, for We'll start with the marina, 27th driest at 1.46 inches of rain. Now you have to realize 1.46 inches is 2.79 below normal. So well under half of normal. Um, and at the, at the airport, 1.60 inches was two and a half below and the 12th driest, remember, much shorter period of record. So when you're 25% of normal uh, rainfall, you're you're dry. And parts of Southwest Jersey were well under that even. And as such, they're going to be sliding into abnormally dry conditions on the National Drought Monitor when it comes out tomorrow morning. Um, So, you know, they're there's a little concern uh, more in the short-term stream flow. Uh, this is the time of the year we like to see the reservoirs and the groundwater starting to get replenished. Uh, we've got plenty of time to go before the next growing season starts. Yes. Um, so no great worries because we're in good shape water-wise uh, for the most part. But on the short term, uh, a, a little bit of concern. Yeah. Um, just kind of looking at, you know, going through the month, our biggest rain, at least down here, was on the 14th of October, um, you know, and then we also had another decent rain on the 20th there. Um, that was pretty much it, though. I mean, other than that, if it rained, it was just fairly brief. Um, and that was all. So, yeah, it was one of those, uh, y- y- and you said with the weekends, having some kind of wet weather or windy conditions i should say too but uh you know not great during you know people always tell me here at the shore during the summer it's okay if it rains on the weekend because people are coming anyway but we want to drive during the week so people can you know people who don't want wouldn't be motivated to come would come but as soon as we get past labor day it switches you want the dry weekends during the week doesn't matter because you know it's people aren't coming at that point um you know and and to be fair you know down in this like Atlantic, Cape May, it wasn't all that wet every weekend. I know it's a different story, Mammoth, and then obviously in the northern part of the state. And then the past weekend we just had, maybe it made up for, for the past uh, five weekends, you know, just how warm and, and and bright it was both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give us our Cocoa Ross totals by county. I know yeah. some of the listeners must be waiting with bated breath every month to hear those totals. I, well, we have a Cocoa Ross story coming out soon. Stay tuned. Yeah, that's great. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, Atlanta County, the wettest spot. And this is a couple dozen people reporting in. 2.07 inches in Galloway. Mm. That was the wettest spot. Of That's Atlanta great. County and Buena Vista takes low honors with 0.89 inches. 
Um, and remember, we should be somewhere between three and a half and four inches um, for the month. Um, Cape May, um, 2.34 at Wildwood Crest uh, the, for a high. And over in Middle Township, 1.24. So very nearby um, and a difference of a little over an inch, but still all dry. And up north, um, I'll start with Stafford Township, closer uh, to Atlanta County, 1.42 inches was the low. Mm. Go north. Uh, the northern ocean coast up into the yeah. eastern Monmouth County was one of the wettest parts of the state for the month, 4.73 inches in brick. So if you wanted to find a place where precip was a little above normal in October, go to eastern Monmouth County, um, Hudson, um, parts of Essex, Bergen, parts of Passaic. It was that northeast corner. Um, one particular event, um, not the super event that we had in late September, because that was also a northeast corner of the state event. Um, but that kind of burgeoning nor'easter that where pressures plummeted um, to the lowest values we've seen um, since last winter. And I'm not even so sure we hit 2,900 on the barometer last winter. Um, wow. That just caught the eastern part of the state, just like those remnants of remnants of, what was it, Ophelia? Yeah, Ophelia. Um, did yep. late in September. Yep. So they've they've had the plenty, but that's right. not where the reservoirs are. That's not where the wells generally are. Um, but again, we're, we're okay for now. We're okay. Okay, okay. good. Uh, speaking of okay, how about full foliage? Um, you know, we've, man, it, it really feels spotty to me. I've been in a couple places in the state recently and some look good, some look eh. Some hasn't changed yet. I was actually at Stockton uh, on October 30th, and it was pretty green uh, in Galloway. So, you know, when we I, we always do an annual full foliage report here at the press, we do it with the State Forest Service. You know, we were looking to be really vibrant, but we would probably be on the late side. Um, you know, we had an update to that said things were still going pretty good. Um I don't know if like it's been too dry. I don't know if that has something to do with it. it. It hasn't popped yet, but there's still some areas where it still isn't even really fully changing over yet. Yeah, I, I guess we're we're on a roll here saying okay, and I guess that would apply to the foliage. Um, and I've talked to some people, uh, both in Jersey and down in Delaware and all, and and it was like yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. Some say it wasn't as vibrant as last fall. Um, I think what hurt it was we stayed mild and we didn't get the cool nights until we got well into October. Uh, the dry dry conditions probably didn't help. Um, the, you know, a few windy days as we got towards the end of the month, uh, when we had that heaviest rain, it was followed by some high pressure. Um, so the winds were pretty strong in that gradient between them, and that didn't help. Um, yeah, okay. It, it wasn't a loss. Um, but you know, I think most would say they've seen better fall foliage. Yeah. And, um, like I said, still some places you come down to Cape May, it's still pretty green. So we got a little bit of time to go. So if you're still looking for some good foliage or at least just trying to see the leaves change still further south you go, the better it will be. Um, all right. So we, uh, I'm going to flip gears a little bit. 
I know you're not a forecaster, right? But you you are the king. What are you? The snow king? Self-described snow king? Oh, sure. I'm describing you as a snow king, not self-described. <laughs> but you are the operator of the Rutgers Global Snow Lab. And the reason why I say that is because that actually, you know, might have some influence on what to expect this winter. We're actually speaking with your friend uh, and former advisory, Judah Cohen. Uh, he will be on our special edition of the Something in the Air podcast next week to talk about the winter outlook here. And, you know, he he has in recent years used snowfall data in October to kind of parlay what to expect over the winter. So I'm just kind of giving an open-ended question. How are we looking on snow across the northern hemisphere? And then we have an El Nino developing. Could, could you give us any thoughts on how you're feeling this winter here in New Jersey? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Looking at Northern Hemisphere, we haven't seen October numbers yet. Uh, We'll have those in a couple of days. It was generally a slow start to snow cover over Siberia, uh, parts of North America. But uh, over North America and Western Eurasia, it really picked up in the last week of the month. And it'll be very interesting to ask Dr. Cohen um, if... Because he used to look at our snow cover data for the average for the month of October. But then he found it was better to track the rate of change of the snow cover. And the rate was pretty impressive the last two weeks of the month. So uh, that would be um, perhaps indicative of or, or at least play into his forecast. Um, so it's, it's it's a tough call. But right now there was that cold outbreak over North America. We're the coldest part of the globe relative to normal North America was over the last week. And with that came snow. And of course, with the snow comes the cold. So a snowstorm came into the Northern Plains um, and it dropped upwards of a foot of snow in some places in Montana and Dakotas. And that's, and even out into the front range of Colorado, they got a second shot uh, with about a half foot and their temperatures fell below zero or down into the single digits in response to that fresh blanket of snow on the ground. So they feed off of each other. But first, hey, you got to get it cold enough, bring in the moisture and get it to snow. And then it can start snowballing. Uh, ah, and what goes what you did there. Yeah, that was, you know, snow humor, very, very weak. Um, so, you know, if we can establish that snow cover, then the cold air coming out of Canada will be refrigerated as it makes its way down here during the winter. But it remains to be seen because there are actually parts of the Yukon and up in the northwestern, other parts of northwestern Canada that don't have snow cover right now. It's to the south, but not up there. So, again, we'll have to wait and see, but a big change um in the last week in terms of continental snow cover over the northern hemisphere gotcha all right good to know um well we got two more minutes left um we can uh, open it up see what's uh, new and exciting over at the climate office and if you want to talk a little bit about coco ross our volunteer observer network uh that we have across the country that'd be great too no, it yeah, our Cocoros network, which you've helped promote multiple times and brought in some of the listeners, no doubt, into the program, is this large citizen science program where you're trained with online videos and text and whatever uh, to take daily observations of precipitation, uh, be it rain or snow and or hail. Cocoros stands for the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network. Just call it Cocoros. 
Um, and, and with that, you contribute to the community, to your state. Actually, nationally, your data gets archived. Once you've been an observer for, I can't remember how many, couple hundred days or something like that, your data qualify to be entered into the National Climate Database, uh, the historic records. So that's kind of neat too. Uh, and you're really helping folks like myself out when we look at drought. You hear the numbers whenever we meet. You help us fill a little time each month uh, <laughs> with, yeah. with the podcast. Uh, but And it's just a neat program. And I'm so grateful to about 300 active observers in New Jersey. Um, but 300 is never enough. Um, I was just looking yesterday because I had been out in Minnesota uh, granted a larger state, but not as many people. And they have over 600 active observers out there. So that's the challenge I give your, your listeners and your right. readers. And your we need another 300 people. That's what, that's what he's saying. We need another 300 people by the time winter's, by the time the first flake of snow starts. Well, this is a tough time to sign people up because it comes a little more challenging in the winter. It's you're going outside. It's cold. You have to worry about your gauge for water freezing after yes. rain. Uh, and you have to be careful if you're not able, uh, agile on your feet. Some people shut down for the winter because uh, understandably afraid of any ice or snow. Some people are in total denial. They don't want to see snow. So they 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 shut it down, but it it's all it's a wonderful program, and we're so grateful for the uh, citizen science volunteers. Uh, we have observers from kids to you know uh, people, uh, octogenarians, uh, taking observations for us. So Very thanks good. for giving us the opportunity to talk about it and for promoting it so often as you do. Absolutely happy to do it. All right, we are going to wrap for this month of the Something in the Air podcast. Remember, we have a special episode, a winter forecast episode coming up with Dr. Judah Cohen right around Election Day. I'm not sure exactly what day yet, but right around there. Stay tuned. 